Well, hello and welcome back to Inspiring Hope. I'm your host, Tracy Williams, and I'm encouraging you to have only positive expectations through true self-care. Today, I am featuring a little superstar in my book, Miss Jacqueline Shepard, affectionately known as Jackie Shepard. She is a health researcher and author of The Silent Takeover, How the Body Hijacks the Mind, and an educator. Today, you're going to be tuning in to a series called Black Health Matters, and she's going to be dealing with and answering all types of questions on matters of black health, whether that's prostate cancer, gallbladder slodge, everything. So grab your pen and paper and get ready. Let's go. All right, everybody, make sure that Well, good evening. This is your girl, Tracy Williams, and I am back again with another superstar, might I add, and I mean super, super, super duper star in my book, <laughs> Mr. Jacqueline Shepard. And uh, I remember the first time that you uh, we did this, you came over to my house, still so excited, uh, Miss Bubbly just bouncing up the steps and uh, that was exciting. I remember the exact day because I had a hat on. It was the Kentucky Derby Day. <laughs> That's right. It was Derby Day. That's right. right. And my hat fell off. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That was exciting. So thank you so much for joining us again tonight and being my guest. This is going to be fantastic, you guys. As you jump on, do me a favor and, uh, you know, put tell me in the box. Just say hello and let us know that you're here. Let us know where you're joining us from. I'm very excited. We are very fortunate to have Miss Jacqueline Shepard here tonight. Oh wow! I I just I'm bubbly on the inside right now, so I got to try to calm down a little bit here. Hey Wanda, so nice to see you. Thank you for joining us. And let me tell you just a little bit about Jackie. She is an expert research, uh, health research person. She used to be a former teacher, you guys, and she also used to be a counselor as well. So she's worked with many kids from diverse backgrounds. And let me just get this out of the way from the from the jump, okay? So you guys know we're doing a series on Black Health Matters, right? Because Black Health does matter. All health matters, but, you know, there's something specific for, uh, for our community, for minorities in general, for black and brown people. Let's just be real about it. But I know some of you are like, okay, so what's this white lady going to tell us? Why you, why you got a, a white lady on here? Well, that's okay. Jackie is like totally cool, right? So I'm giving her her props now so y'all would just know. She is also the author of, let me make sure I got it right, The Silent Takeover, How the Body, How the Mind Jacks the Body. No, that's How the Body right. Hijacks the Mind. How the body hijacks the mind. I should have, yeah, see? <laughs> That's it, it just happened to me right there. <laughs> so thank you for joining. I'm going to tell you up front, this is going to go by super quick. At 745, we're going to be off of here. If you have any questions about health, you need to put those in the box, and we will get to your questions, okay? But Jackie's going to teach tonight, y'all. I mean, I'm telling you, like, we are so fortunate to have her. She's not charging me a single dime. But if y'all want to donate, you know, I ain't going to hold you back from doing that. If you need the cash out, <laughs> just let me know. <laughs> but, Tracy. 
<laughs> Thank you so much for coming on here. We, we really appreciate you, Jackie. So welcome. Thank you. Thank you, Tracy. Yeah, I am. Um, when Tracy and I started talking about this, um, I had I was very concerned because I was watching the statistics. And if you've been watching the statistics and by the way, I'm not techie, so I hope I can stay on the screen while I'm teaching. Tracy may have to tell me what to do. OK, just go back. Go back. Um, you're good. Uh-huh. Hold still. There you go. OK, I'm going to try to teach from here. <laughs> um, Tracy, and I, I was concerned because I kept watching the statistics that more black men were dying of COVID than any other race or ethnic group. Yes. And I was, um, not only was I concerned, I, I just thought I have to do something about this. I have to do something. And what can an old lady who's almost 78 do? Well, I already knew a lot about black health. Uh, I, I think Tracy and I talked before. I was researching sickle cell many, many years ago. Um, but it was more that I was watching an emerging pattern. It's actually been there, Tracy. Mm -hmm. But um, it, it, it's just really critical now. I mean, it is black health is critical. Uh, we think of all the other diverse problems we're having, but just plain old chronic poor health among black people is critical. And let me give you some statistics. You probably already know them. But uh, colon cancer is the second leading cause of death in America. But black people have the highest rate of colon cancer of any racial or ethnic group. And we just lost one of the most incredible young black actors, the Black Panther, that I watched the, the, the series with my grandchildren and they adored Chadwick Bossman. I've, I've seen that two or three times with them. Such a great, powerful actor. It was heartbreaking. And I think he was, what, 43? Is that right? Then black people are 50% more likely to have a stroke. They're 60% more likely to die because they had a stroke. Now, they are 1.7% uh, more likely to have cancer than whites and Hispanics. Over 600 people, 600,000 will die of cancer, a quarter of those will be lung cancer. We we just have to we we have to look at this because with heart disease, for example, this year over six hundred and thirty thousand people will die of heart disease, but blacks are more than twice as likely to die of heart disease. And then there's another statistic. That is very alarming. <coughs> Sudden heart attacks. Black women are three times uh, more likely to have, have them than white and Hispanics. The sudden death from a 
heart attack. And we, we all can think about this and remember when we've heard somebody died with a heart attack and, and you're just like, did they even know they had a heart disease? Um, and right now, um, black men are three times more likely to die than any other race with COVID. So it's time we have to do something about it. And this is something that it's got to be individual. It can't be where we pass a program or anything. Uh, for most of us right now, we can't even see the doctor. I had a just a normal checkup deal and we had to do it by teleconferencing. But um, I think what I want to talk about tonight is the fact that so often when we're thinking black health and they do the list, obesity, diabetes too, high blood pressure, heart disease and kidney failure. So many times people say, well, you just ought to lose weight. And so we're going to start there tonight because that is such a huge misconception. It's such a huge misconception that it sometimes makes me upset because um, a lot of times we want to lose weight. I'd like to lose some weight right now, but it's not that easy. But the leading research now that, that I've been studying, I've been studying this for a long time. When the body eats something, drinks something, puts something on the skin, um, the body has to make a decision. I can use this. I have to excrete this. Or I don't know what this is, and I'm going to have to store it. And when it stores it, it can store it in your joints, which will be arthritis, your muscles, fibromyalgia. It can store in your kidneys, your liver, and it especially likes to store toxins in the brain. But the auto brain tries to protect your internal organs. So the auto brain will say to the body, make me another layer of fat. I have to store these toxins somewhere. I can't get rid of them. I have to store them. I'm going to, to, to say, Tracy, what I believe is I think the number one reason for obesity, regardless of the color, is neurotoxins and toxins in our environment, in our foods. Our body can't process them, and, and so it stores it. A lot of this is processed food. Now, when I was growing up, I was in the 12th grade before I ever ate in a restaurant. And that was, you know, we got McDonald's when I was in high school. We never had food like that. We usually ate at home. Uh, most 80 years ago, even, most people lived on in a rural lifestyle. Almost everyone had a garden. Some of you listening to me, you're probably going, yes. Growing up, we had a garden. But right now, we tend to just go buy our food at the grocery store. And most often, we, if we can, we eat out. Now, I'll, I'll say, number one, yeah, I'd much rather run out to a nice restaurant and have a nice meal than cook it and clean it up. That's true. We're all this way about wanting to have easier, faster food. But the problem is, is that regardless of what's going into the body, some people have a, you, you know them, 
They're skinny. They can eat anything they want to eat and they don't get fat. And we're like, it just isn't fair. Well, a lot of those people will have ancestry from Scandinavia. And if you have an ounce of Scandinavian in you, or maybe you've got some of those beautiful, tall, thin African tribe ancestry, you can eat anything you want to and not get fat. So in the last, oh, it hasn't even been, but maybe six or seven years ago, I, I don't remember what year, they started a project called the Human Genome Project. Tracy, you've probably heard about it. And they wanted to trace, um, they wanted to not only get the genes of people to see how much are we alike, how, how much are we different, where actually there's only a very small percentage of difference in the genes in all humanity. It's just a small difference. But what they found that was different was the gut. Now, the when we talk about gut, it actually begins when you smell the food, you eat the food, goes down your digestive tract, and then it goes in your stomach, small intestines, and, and all the way out the body. That's all considered the gut uh, in scientific terms. So when they begin researching the human biome, which is the, the all the things in our body, the cells, the trillions of bacteria, pathogens, viruses, everything that makes up this gut, that this is where the surprises started coming in. Number one, there, there was a lot more of it than they were expecting. Uh, I think there are trillions now, they're saying, that our gut flora has more cells than we as a person have cells. Uh, the other thing is how much it weighs. The gut flora weighs around four to five pounds. I read one time that it's about the size of a small chihuahua. So we're walking around with that much flora. And what is the flora? It's bacteria. It's fungus. It's virus. It's what the word we know, probiotics. It's digestive enzymes. It's everything that the body needs to digest our food and get it to where it needs to go. So this was the big surprise. They found out, and, and again, this was, I don't know how many years ago, that ancestrally, our gut flora goes, first of all, back to our mother. We are born, when we go through the birth canal, the last gift our mothers gave us was her gut flora. And then relatives picking up baby, kissing on baby, dog, whatever, we get some more because a baby is born with a sterile gut. Baby didn't need anything in the womb. So you have to acquire those microbes to go in the gut. Well, babies that are born with a C-section that did not go through the birth canal, they don't get that. Now, in education, we always knew that kids who were born with a C-section had a more difficult time. It, it, they just had a more difficult time. 
we didn't really know why, but we know now that because so much of learning and behavior is tied to the gut, that those children just didn't get the same gut flora. So now I'm encouraging the young women, uh, and I've talked to several doctors, and I've had some nurses to call me and say, Ms. Shepherd, we read this in your book and we're doing it. If someone you know has to have a C-section and maybe they know they're going to have one, you tell them, get the nurses to take those body fluids and rub it all over the baby's face and in the baby's mouth. Because that little baby has nothing to digest milk with until it's given to them. So then as they were tracking it back, that this gut flora goes all the way back to the mother. Then, of course, it goes back to her mother. And then to her mother. And they were able to track strains of, um, of the micro, the, the, uh, and I'll, I'll talk about some of them more in a minute, but these long words of um, the probiotics, the gut flora and everything, they could track it all the way back to our tribal ancestry. So therefore, uh, since we all came from one common mother, who lived in Africa, and um, we all share some of the same gut flora. But as migration took place, and as tribes began to migrate into Europe and, and, and all over the world, finally, those microbes were picked up and changed as they went along, and a lot of that was dependent on the food. So when you look at me, you're going to think, oh, well, we don't have the same gut flora. Uh, but actually, we have a lot of the same gut flora, but we have different gut flora. And I was telling Tracy, uh, I've had so much fun with this. I had my DNA tested and they said, well, you know, it came back that I was English and Irish and Scottish, which wasn't a surprise and had a little Ukrainian. But then it also said I had I was Nigerian. So I've had so much fun with that because I've said, well, you can tell that by looking at me. So, uh, <laughs> so we're going to all share some of that common gut flora, but it changes. Now, if your ancestors were from a tribe that the main food was roots, sweet potatoes, peanuts, you're going to be able to eat all of those things and have no trouble. But one of the best ways to get good probiotics into your gut is with yogurt. And many, many, many black people have a terrible time with anything with dairy. So what are we going to do? Well, first of all, let's talk about the links to the gut so that you'll see uh, your listeners, I, I, you probably know all about this because you're such a smart lady, Tracy. But what happens is in the gut, we have all these thousands of what I call critters. We're just going to call them critters. Um, and by the way, if you have an indoor pet, you're sharing critters that your pet gave you. And a lot of times with children with uh, all sorts of learning and behavior problems, uh, I'm looking at their lab work, I'm talking to them, I'm listening to some of the problems they're having, and I say to the parent, do you have an indoor cat or dog? Because I know they do. 
And as much as, as I love animals, it's not a good idea to share the gut flora that your pet has. And it's transferred. It's transferred in the body. But there was a study done. I'm looking for my notes. Uh, Tracy, it's a good thing we only have 45 minutes because look at all these notes I have here. Um, there was a study done a few years ago uh, because they began to see a correlation between E. coli and diabetes 2. Now, interestingly enough, we all have E. coli in our gut. It's when we get an oversupply. E. coli is a negative pathogen. It's a bad guy. When you read in the newspaper sometime, well, they recall the lettuce E. coli. Someone got in a swimming pool. They got mm -hmm. E. coli. So there was a big study done because they noticed a correlation that children who had E. coli within two to three years quite often were diagnosed with juvenile diabetes. And so in following that, was it the E. coli or was it the antibiotics? Because all of us know that antibiotics tend to destroy the gut flora. So then in studying this, they also um, began to track adults who had had E. coli. And they tended two to three years mm -hmm. later to have diabetes too. So when someone says to me that diabetes too is caused from eating too many sweets, I'm like, well, that's possibly one reason, but it's not the cause. You see, anytime you have inflammation in your body, regardless of how it got into your body, it contributes to a complete breakdown of your cells. And some of us have been studying inflammation and oxidative stress for many, many years. But any pathogen that's in your gut, another one, another gut flora that's connected to diabetes 2 is this negative pathogen called Shigella. Now, where in the world do we get these things? I don't know where we get them. But some of you ancestrally, you will have enough of the good guys to get rid of the bad guys. It's when you have an overgrowth, when you have irritable bowel, you have Crohn's disease, you have celiac, any of these. Yes, they're mm -hmm. aggravated by your foods. But what came first when we do the proverbial, what came first, the chicken or the egg? What came first? was that something happened and the negative pathogens took over your gut. You had more bad critters than good critters. Now, sometimes with babies, this starts at the very beginning. They have a struggle from the very beginning. Um, sometimes it can be corrected. And, and I do think that all gut dysfunction can be corrected. But let's say that your obesity is not caused from eating too much sugar. Let's say that obesity is caused from neurotoxins, inflammation, because your body's trying to find a place to store fat. And then what the other thing is caused from are certain, um, certain overabundance of negative pathogens and other things that are really not on our side. 
a very interesting study that I've been following for a number of years is if they take the gut flora of a lean mouse and transfer it to an overweight mouse, the overweight mouse without changing the food will lose weight and become a lean mouse and vice versa. If they take the gut flora of the overweight mouse and put it in the lean mouse, the over the lean mouse will gain weight. No change in food, no change in exercise. Hmm. So what does that indicate? That indicates it's in our gut. Now we're going to have to stop eating processed foods. I'm telling everyone, if you've got any ground at your house, plant vegetables. It's actually more important to have vegetables growing if you've only got a small amount of space. Try to Try to get back to some simpler ways of eating. Um, don't don't eat processed foods, but you know all of that. You know that trans fats and sugars, you, you know all that's bad for you. No one has to tell you that. But what you don't realize is that those bad critters, it's not you craving that food. The bad critters are driving you to get the food they need. And that they love sugar. Cancer loves sugar. I was telling someone the other day that the year before I had breast cancer, I just kept craving chocolate milkshakes. And I, after I got cancer and I was going, how on earth did you, the village health nut, get cancer? Well, the only thing that I was doing that was really bad was chocolate milkshakes. So actually those cancer cells were driving me, causing me to crave. So we're it's so much more complex than okay you're eating too much get out there and exercise get on a treadmill but so many times when people do have bariatric surgery what happens is a large amount of that gut flora and if the negative negative pathogens are in that spot then everything changes including their diabetes too now i'm not encouraging that surgery i'm just saying that it further underscores there's something wrong in our gut. So if indeed this bad gut flora causes diabetes 2, and if indeed diabetes 2, even when it's undiagnosed, goes on to affect the kidneys, we begin to have a double whammy. Because as Mm -hmm. the least bit of kidney problems will cause high blood pressure. Now, if we, uh, Tracy, if your listeners stay with me for another couple of sessions later on, I do want to talk about things like emotional stress, but we're not going to talk about them tonight because what I want to really zero in on is we've got to change gut bacteria if we're going to change black health. Now, this study, I don't think you can read it from there, but it's such an interesting one. It's on diabetes 2 in sub-Sahara Africa. And what they were looking for was exactly what we're talking about. What gut flora do they have that um, that's going to be more plentiful? What are the bad guys? And the bad guys' names are so long I can't even pronounce them. We're going to mainly emphasize in a few minutes what we can do about it. But um, what they found out is that those in sub-Sahara had a higher 
number of certain pathogens in their gut than the people who did not have diabetes. And yeah. then when they were comparing it to Europeans, they were saying, well, these Europeans have the same bad guys. And then comparing it in America, yeah, regardless, you know, we're a blend of everything over here. Same bad guys kept occurring again and again and again. Uh, most of the overgrowth is associated with antibiotics as well as associated with the gut flora that we came into the world with. Um, and in the black community, one of the hardest things is introducing some of the foods that can change it. So let's talk about that for a minute. Um, then I'm going to cover a couple other things because I want your listeners to have time for questions. Uh, most people whose ancestry comes from south of the equator don't do well with milk. Now, interestingly enough, they may be able to do raw goat milk. Uh, and by the way, I have about six goats over here. I just, I'm not a milker. I wish <laughs> I can't milk them. But nevertheless, um, and that figures because you're like, well, yeah, we see these pictures of people having goats. Uh, because that has a, the goat milk is the closest thing to human milk. So that's healthy. So if you can't, and I don't want you, any of you going out and drinking cow's milk, because you're probably going to have a problem. But what about those of us who our ancestors migrated on over to England and Scotland and Wales and so forth? Uh, they, their major food was dairy and what else? It was fish. They were catching fish in the cold, cold waters Codfish, salmon. What are these fish high in? They're high in omega 3s. And they're also high in something that's so powerful in your gut. It's called butyrate. And it's probably your best gut friend. So if you can just eat a big slab of cow butter, you're going to have more butyrate. So if you're like, uh uh, I can't do it then I want, we're going to talk a minute about what you can do. Uh, and that is finding something fermented that you can eat. Now you're hearing the term prebiotics and yeah, you could take prebiotics. Um, and there are some that, that I think are better than others, but sauerkraut. And again, you're like, I can't eat sauerkraut. Um, and where did sauerkraut come from? It came from Germany. It came from Eastern Europe. They had tons and tons of cabbage. And so they had to try to save the cabbage. So what did they do? They put salt on it and made sauerkraut. That is excellent for your gut. What about kimchi? Koreans did the same thing with their cabbage. Except they added these wonderful red peppers and everything to it. And more herbs. And so you have the Koreans eating fermented kimchi. And yeah, they're going to have less COVID. Because they're going to have a better gut flora. Uh, and, and then, but you've heard of kombucha. Some of you may be able to drink kombucha. You may be able to do kefir. But I don't know. Tracy's young. But if some of you are on and you're older, 
you may remember that your grandmother used to pickle everything. Pickled peaches, pickled cucumbers, pickle, 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 eat pickles. Or you may learn to make some of the fermented vegetables and you're like, oh, that tastes terrible. You know what? For most people, it does. Um, so you may have to buy a prebiotic. Either way, we have to change your gut. My my black sisters and brothers, we have to change your gut. Are you going to continue with these high numbers with diabetes too, with high blood pressure and heart disease? Because you remember Hippocrates over 2,000 years ago said all disease begins in the gut. The older I get, the more I research, I believe it's true. So one of the things we want to do with your gut is we have to change your gut flora to where you have more positive critters and fewer negative critters, to just put it quite simply. If you can't do fermented vegetables um, and you can't do cow's yogurt, you can try other yogurt, sheep yogurt, goat yogurt. But if not, take a prebiotic. Just, just take a prebiotic. Uh, but you want to take one that has the science to prove it's going to work. If not, you're going to waste your money. So what happens when you're trying to change your gut? Question, Tracy. Yes, interrupt me. What's the question? Well, I love that that you said, first of all, the whole thing about diabetes and gaining weight, it's not all about um, you, you eat too much or you're eating too many sweets and all that, because I think that's a big myth and we really need to know and understand it. Now, I'm not saying... Let's go ahead and eat all the sweets that you want. I would never say that <laughs> uh, for sure. But I, I love that you did make that really plain to us. And I know so many people have so many questions on here. And so yeah. I'm just going to ask you Let's something go really quick. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Okay. So you mentioned yogurt. What brand of yogurt would you recommend? And then also, what about the prebiotic? There's only one prebiotic, if you're going to just go buy a prebiotic, that I recommend. Uh, it is from Lifeanage. I am associated with Lifeanage because I use everything they have. Everything their lab develops, I use. Uh, I even give my dog a, a product from there, but I, I'm a real science person. So I have to make sure that, that the science is there. The science is there for the prebiotic. Uh, I want to tell you one that I think you should start with if you can make yourself eat it. And um, and that is the Activia yogurt. It has sugar in it. So I don't want you to eat it forever. But two weeks of it, your gut will start taking some good bacteria from it. Now, the list that that we're going to have to teach later after Tracy teaches me how to do screens or something is about this long of the probiotics we have to get into your body. Um, so the brand that I eat is Green Mountain Plain Greek Yogurt. Mm -hmm. And I think some of you are going to have problems with it. You might can put a little Manuka honey on it. But try kefir. You may be able to drink kefir. You see, your stomach is going to revolt a little bit. But what's revolting? Revolting and saying no are those negative pathogens. 
you may can only eat a teaspoon or two. That's okay. We just got to get it started. I don't want I don't want another decade to go by with people who are struggling with weight, whether they're black or white, to be adding shame and guilt on themselves by thinking that they're the cause. Amen. And we thank you so much for that. Now, I know uh, we also have some people that have some issues sometimes with diabetes on here. So I'm glad that you're you're hearing this information. I want to before it, we even end and or you may have to go and eat dinner or something. I want to encourage you to come back for our next session, which is going to be in October. So be sure and make sure that you, you catch this. If you need to catch, you know, go back through it again and listen, please listen, because like uh, Jacqueline was saying, she's done the research and there's no reason that we have to continue to repeat the same patterns over and over. I remember when COVID-19 first happened and all the stars were getting on and they were saying, listen, black people, we got to do better. We got to eat right. That's why we're dying. You know, we got to eat this, eat that. Same things that Jackie is telling us, you know, and we got to, I was telling Jackie today, I went and got one of the little uh, humidifiers, you know, and, and what, you know, kind of what to put in there so we can be breathing right. And I started boosting up on our immune system. And so we started doing really well. So just take heed. If you uh, haven't shared this, when you get done, share. Don't share now. Share when you get done because I don't want you guys to lose the flow of what's going on here. But I, I got to put a question before you that somebody asked uh, even before this started. So I think that's going to be pretty uh, important. So, okay. What if a person has slightly elevated uric acid levels? What kind of things can we do to lower those? So uric acid levels, you guys. Yeah. Uh, uric acid is uh, actually, I hate to tell you, but it's one of your friends. It's signaling you that pain that it causes is saying you're going to change something here. What I recommend is drinking about 64 ounces of water every day uh, in a quart of water. That's a half of a, that's a quart, whatever. Put two tablespoons of apple cider vinegar. And if you're like, I can't do that add a little honey honey's good for you just not too much honey uh, but try to get that because what you've got to do is you have to signal your body quit making so much uric acid and tracy i don't mind doing a private phone call with that person if you'll get on with me at some time because there are several other things that can be done to lower uric acid but the number one thing is flushing it out of your body and then trying to become more alkaline. And of course, with becoming more alkaline, we go back again to trying to eat maybe fermented veggies if you can. Yes, thank you. That's, that's great. I love that uh, apple cider vinegar. I take a little every single day. And just want y'all to know also, like I didn't know exactly how much to take when I first started, but it will make you, it will help you lose weight as well. And so you know, you might not be aware of what's going on, and I was just like, what's going on? I can't fit my clothes anymore. <laughs> and that was that was part of it. But I just needed to balance some other things out in my body. So I still take it every day, but I'm not losing weight anymore like that. Okay, so how can we get rid of fatty liver? Fatty liver. Okay, and one other thing. The apple cider vinegar uh, is killing some of those negative pathogens. It's killing some of your bad guys. So Fatty liver, I know more about fatty liver than I'd like to because it, my family, it's one of the things that 
is passed through my family. My mother actually died from it, the non-alcoholic sclerosis. Um, yes, I think that, first of all, you have to understand that um, even if you're not large, you can have a fatty liver. And that, again, is your body's trying. It tried to protect your body by adding weight. But eventually it could not protect your liver. So the fat began to go right through that liver. But uh, have, if you've heard of pate, a pate is made from goose liver, pig liver, whatever kind of livers. And the way that they make it is they force feed the goose. And this is one of many countries, it's illegal. I don't even think you can buy it in America. Um, surprise. No. Um, they force the goose's mouth open, and then they force feed corn down it. So if you force feed a goose corn, then what happens is they will develop a fatty liver. They will develop it. So don't overeat. And the more that we're eating out, the more fatty liver we're going to have in America. Because even though we'll think, okay, I'm going to eat half of this and tell them to put the rest in a box, it's so good, we just keep eating. So I would say the number one thing is even if you're not fat, whenever you get that little signal, you've had enough stop. In fact, because I have to watch it so carefully in a restaurant when I, if I'm eating out, it's not so hard to do at home, especially if I meet my own cooking. I don't, I'll stop pretty early on that, but I'll tell them to bring the box. I'll say, when you bring my food, bring a box. And I put half of it in it so I won't be so tempted to overeat. So, yeah, it is curable, guys. Fatty liver is curable. Uh, my mother died in 1974. It was very, very rare at that time. And now it's very common. So as you guys can see, Jackie is super knowledgeable. I'm telling you, y'all going to want to come back in October. Y'all might be calling me before then. <laughs> uh, I'm going to ask her about uh, a couple of more, but I also want to um, just say a little bit about the, the water. that When she's saying get alkaline, you know, your body. So it really helps. Conkin water helps. I'm just saying I have a Conkin water machine. If, if you guys are interested in just having a free sample, you know, just let me know and, and I'll be happy to help you with that. Okay. So the next one is gallbladder sludge that won't go away. Even the sound of that doesn't sound good, you guys. But this is stuff in our bodies that we're doing because, you know, something tastes good or feel good. So sometimes we have to do something totally different. I remember when I hated drinking water, my son told me, Mama, it don't matter if it tastes good or if it tastes bad. It's what your body, most of your body is made of water. Right. Now, this is my son telling me, he's like, most of your body is made of water, so you just need to drink it. So I was like, okay, so if he can teach me that, then yeah, I'm going to drink it. So I started paying more attention, but then I started putting like a little lemon juice in it so it tastes better because I just did, it just was nasty. But now it's good. I mean, yeah, I like it. So, okay, so my next, yeah, the gallbladder sludge. Okay, uh, lemon water is good for that. And you can even put a little Himalayan salt in it because you, you're changing the, the composition of the water. Now, the gallbladder is one of your digestive organs. So where you've got some of these bad guys, not just in your, your small intestines, you're going to have some in your gallbladder. Now, with sludge, 
first of all, you've got to try to thin that sludge because it can't leave your body as bile. And when it can't go into your stomach, you see what happens is the gallbladder actually holds the bile. And then it gets a signal, release it, release it. So that signal that's telling your gallbladder, dump the bile into your gut, it's not working properly. That's one of the reasons. And so it's sitting in your gallbladder too long and it's thickening. And that's why it's sludgy. And the dangerous thing is that it can block that gall, those, those ducts. It can block those um, gallbladder ducts. And then you can end up being rushed to the hospital. Uh, the same thing as stones. Those stones, the gallstones, you've all heard of those. Uh, they typically will, are the problem, usually the, gall, the gallstones are caused by a faulty liver. Not a fatty liver, but a faulty liver. Now, what can you do for that? Well, one of the best things you can do for a liver problem and thus help your gallbladder would be to eat beets. Now, if you have high blood sugar, you're going to have to watch how many beets you can eat, but you can juice the beet greens. Now, I'm not big on juicing because sometimes people over, they, they get their minerals and their vitamins out of whack. Uh, we are supposed to eat food the way God made it. But with gallbladder problems, I tend to say, let's just go ahead and start eating collards, turnip greens, and dandelions. You see in some of the grocery stores, you're like, what in the world do they have dandelions in here? Plenty in my yard. But for any of you who have been exposed to glyphosate, which is Roundup, you're going to have health problems. You're going to have more cancer. You're going to have more diabetes, too you're going to have more of everything, kidney failure. Um, that stuff is lethal, so don't use it anymore. Uh, one more thing, Tracy, because I know we're running out of town, time. I want to say one thing before we answer the rest of the questions. If you're not taking vitamin D3, now here's mm -hmm. the thing. Black skin does not absorb it as well. Now, I'm sorry. Black the difference is this. When you get out in the sun, your body absorbs vitamin D3. Now, ancestrally, you are out in the sun more than you probably are in urban America. Uh, now, with the white community, with the Euro-Americans, where did they get their vitamin D3 from? Remember I told you they ate codfish? They ate fish. So they were constantly from those fatty fish getting vitamin D3 because they didn't have enough sun. But one of the most disturbing studies I've read recently says that we can take vitamin D3, but it's not going to do the same thing in our body as sunshine. And I'm very mm. concerned about the black community because typically when I'm having, when I'm looking at someone's labs, the black community will have lower vitamin D3 levels. I just told a lady today, you've got to start taking vitamin D3. I told her three months ago to take it. Um, and this time I had to say, you're going to have to take 5,000 to 10,000 units a day. Um, hello, my precious Willie friend and brother. Uh, yes, it will, Willie. And Willie, you're 
you know as much as I know. Don't for those of you who don't know really, <laughs> we go way back in the health community. Um, it's going to help, Willie, absolutely. Um, so with the vitamin D3 and the black community right now, you've got to take it because the people who are dying the most have the lowest vitamin D3. So just, just go take it. As simple as that. Uh, and get out in the sun. A lot of us don't spend the time out in the sun that we need to. But just go sit out, let the sun shine on your face. That's so healthy. Okay, Tracy, other question. I can't hear you, Tracy. Okay, sorry about that. I, and I apologize. The, the screen, uh, someone said the screen was freezing. Um, does it go away? Oh, okay. Anything about um, high blood pressure you want to share with us tonight? Because I know that's a big thing in our community. It's huge. It's huge. And you know what? Uh, I'm from the deep south where we love to eat pork, but you just need to quit eating pork. Pork does send your high your blood pressure up. Eat chicken, um, but make sure it's free range. And and I want to say this uh, right now, money's tight, and a lot of times when I'm encouraging someone, you need to eat organic. I, I know how expensive organic is. That I have a garden. Um, I hate raised chickens, but I can't eat them. But they're my buddies, and I can't eat them. But uh, we do have eggs uh, sometimes <laughs> when they lay. But here's the thing, um, with, um, with everything we're talking about tonight, you've got to become, yes, uh, Janet, five to 10, uh, and make your doctor check your vitamin D3 when you go back to the doctor, make him take it, test it for you. And the other thing you want tested is your C-reactive protein. That's the level of inflammation in your body. If it's high, call Tracy. She'll get in touch with me and we'll get it down quick. Um, you've got to become more proactive. Uh, gone are the years when we could go to the doctor and get a pill. Because it turns out those pills had side effects. And with the kidneys and high blood pressure, a lot of that's the side effects from the medicines. With high blood pressure, Tracy... Usually, if I can get their magnesium, their calcium, their potassium, and their phosphorus levels, their electrolytes um, level balanced, their blood pressure goes down. And that goes a lot with water, but drinking healthy water. The other thing is breathing. If you have high blood pressure, the best thing you can do and, and this is true. It's going to help you more than med medicine. That is to breathe deeply and count your breaths. Go through the day. I've got a little thing. I should have worn it tonight that you breathe into. Count your breaths. Blow out. Count your breaths. Blow out. You can put your little blood pressure cuff on and watch it go down. That has to become a lifestyle. Those blood pressure pills, I know I went, I'm not going to tell you to quit taking them. But if we can if we can get you where your body doesn't need them, you're going to be healthier. Excellent. 
Thank you. That that's good. Deep breathing. That's whoa. I mean, that just has so many. Okay, so this is gonna be the last one. I'm gonna put it on here. Okay, so okay, not the last one. Mine. I wanna. I just want you to tell them what type of doctor is the best type of doctor to see to test all these levels. Because we think when we go get a um, physical and they say they're testing us, like they're not testing for all this stuff. No. You know. Uh, Tracy, that's called a multifunctional doctor. Um, but a lot of chiropractors um, can run these tests. Some of them you can order yourself. And I want you to, if you want to find out some of these things, Tracy and I can do a program just on the test you can order yourself. There is a Navajo proverb that says by the age 40, one must be their own physician. And, and I think that's true. I'm encouraging more and more people to find out what kind of neurotoxins you have. Find out how much glyphosate's in your body. Um, and, and then work on, let's do what we can do to get this awful stuff out of our bodies. Um, kidney failure quite often is a result of heavy metals. It's lead. It's mercury. It's all sorts of horrible stuff that we didn't know it was going to hurt us, did we? Mm -hmm. But we no. consequences. So. so I'm going to bring one thing up. There you go, from this brother, Mr. Willie. Willie, it's Roundup. Uh, Willie, there's the reason for all these um, lawsuits against Monsatan. It's because... Uh, they knew the science. It's out there. Every person that I am working, and I'm probably going to have people right now knocking on my door coming to take me away. Um, <laughs> um, every one of them, when I ask, have you been using Roundup? I'm working with three men with prostate cancer right now, and they say, yes, ma'am, I have been. Uh, so you got to get it out of your body. And vitamin D3, Willie, they're all deficient in vitamin D3. So I send them to the doctor for vitamin D3 test, C-reactive protein, the level of inflammation in their body. And then right now, I tell them to get their doctor. When I get their doctors to do it, if not, they're going to have to pay for it themselves. Uh, great Plains Laboratory right here in Kansas City has a great uh, glyphosate test. I've forgotten whether it's blood or urine. They also have a toxic chemical test. They can tell you all sorts of chemicals that are stored in your cells. They also have the top international test for mold. Wow. That's awesome. Okay, I know that we are over, you guys. Thank you so much for joining us. Jackie, you, it's, you are amazing. I could never get enough talking to you. I think you're going to be on a call next Thursday that I'm going to be tuning into. <laughs> so uh, I'm excited about that. Thank you guys for joining us. I really appreciate it. I apologize for going over. We love you all. Please pay attention to all the things that you've heard. You can watch the replay or you can always um, send me a, you know, a private message or you can send Jackie a private message. If you're not friends with her, make sure you jump on her page and become friends with her. This is the kind of friend that you want to have. Somebody who says, I see there's a problem. But what can I do to help? And then she went the next step and said, hey, 
Tracy, I want to do this. Let's do it. And I said, oh, whatever you say, Jackie, yes, we'll do that. So this is this is uh, when people say Black Lives Matter, they actually do something about it. They don't just say it matters. I don't know what to do or I should do something about it. But then they go out and they figure it out. And so I can just really from the bottom of my heart, you know how I feel about you, Jackie. You are like the cream of the crop to me. And so uh, you guys pay attention to, to everything that you've heard. I will send out, um, an, you know, another announcement about when we're going to get together again. You'll see it on YouTube. You'll see it on Facebook. You'll see it on uh, my Google page. You'll see it on Tracy Williams Inspiring Hope. Like I'm trying to be all over the place so that we catch as many people as we can and we keep living and living an abundant life. So not just here, you know, walking around, but we're here living an abundant life. Again, thanks. I, I, you guys have a great night. Peace out. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be with you, Tracy. Thank Bye. you, Jackie. Good night.